Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Joined each and every Tuesday at 4.30 by our baseball insider, better known as Kevin Bohannon. And uh, Kevin, one thing I noticed on Twitter was the rise of Heston Kerstead. He is on the move up the ladder in the Baltimore chain. I mean, Oriole fans are ecstatic right now about Heston Kerstad finally getting on the diamond and showing why he was the number two overall pick two years ago. Uh, you got to love the kid and love what he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, had the, the illness injury, um, get, get to play the last two years. So, yeah, he, he hit over 450, gets moved up, and – He's doing it the way, exactly the way he did it at Arkansas. Uh, he's even gotten better, which is scary. Uh, you know, he's one of In the top regard, 10 prospects. Kevin? His swing has, he, he always had power to all fields, but now he's staying on the ball longer. And when I mean staying on the ball longer, take Brady Slavens, for example. Brady Slavens gets a little pull happy and he gets rotational. Uh, he gets to where that front shoulder will fly out a little bit. Hessen is staying on the ball longer. He looks like a pro hitter. Anytime, and you can go watch any video of any professional, and I'm talking about MLB player at this point, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, uh, Miggy Cabrera, any of these guys, Nolan Arenado. When they start taking batting practice and they start hitting off a tee, they're working inside the ball and hitting it to right center. They're making sure that they're staying through the baseball. You see that a lot more right now. And that allows pitch that allows a hitter to be dominant against any type of pitcher. Even if you're facing a lefty that's going to throw a lot of breaking stuff away from you, you can stay on that ball to left field if you're a left-handed hitter. That's the biggest change I've seen in his in his offensive approach. Uh and he, you know, he had a lot of time to work on it. He's basically off for 2 years, so uh, great to see that for him, and, and I know that uh, a lot of the Oriole fans are really excited uh, to see him move up and possibly uh, wouldn't be surprised if he gets a call up to Double A by you know August or September. And maybe next year will be involved more. Where all of a sudden they're getting a little better. They've actually won eight games in a row for the first time in a long time. <laughs> they're one game under 500 for the first time in July in what seven years. And so, um, yeah, it's nice to see some good things happening, and we certainly want to see Kerstad be part of that. Maybe they won't have the first pick next year like they do again this year. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. And who knows what they're going to do with that I'm first sorry, pick. Yeah. Who knows what they're going to do with that first pick. I've seen no less than four names up there at the top. Uh, Drew Jones, who's Andrew Jones' son. And I know we'll talk yeah. more about the draft on Friday when we do a preview. But Tamar Johnson is a very good middle infielder, high schooler. Brooks Lee, the shortstop from Cal Poly, he's been mentioned. And then the the fourth one escapes me right now. I'll come back to it here in a minute. But Elias, will, he, he'll reveal, and everybody has said, you'll know about 10 minutes before the draft who he's going to pick. And that, that you won't know before then. That's it. Wow. Jackson Holiday was the other one. Sorry. That's Coach Holiday's son at OSU. Kevin, I, I think, Basically, it's been said, and I think even by Coach Dave Van Horn, that if a player's name is called, whether it's high school or otherwise, 
he believes that that deal has been done since there's just 20 rounds and obviously the pros don't want to waste a, a pick like they did last year on Rocker, who they, right. the Mets wasted that pick. Uh, so do you, you kind of subscribe the same thing that uh, – let's take the Jones kid, out of, uh, the shortstop, I think it is, out of Texas. Uh, if his name is called, then more than likely – he has made a deal with Major League Baseball. That's right. And, yeah, Jason Jones is the one that you're talking about. He's got, he's right. got to move to third base um, at Arkansas. He's not going to be a shortstop unless something really changes. He's already enrolled and moved up there. He's already going to summer school. Those things point to, look, I'm going to be in college and play college baseball. Plus, He's gotten information from his advisors, his team, whatever they may be, that, hey, maybe you need to go to school and show a few things because we're not going to take you high enough that you would be satisfied. Now, if he just wants to get started with his pro career and go, that's fine. That could happen. But th there's a couple of telling things. I've talked to some scouts that say he needs to go to school. So I imagine he's gotten that feedback. And two, he's already moved into campus. Why would you move a kid six, five, six hundred miles away from home, get them in school, enrolled? Now, it could change. Somebody could offer him two and a half million dollars, and he's like, I can't pass that up. But I don't see it happening. Now, take the opposite of that. Cole Phillips, the pitcher out of Burn, Texas, is at the is committed and signed with the University of Arkansas. Cole was scheduled to move in July the second before classes started last Tuesday. Some of the guys that are already up there, Gage Wood, Parker Cole, Sean Fitzpatrick, Easton Swafford, Josh Heineman, the five kids that you know we, we've talked about playing on this show. They moved in. They're going to class. Cole's, uh, Cole's not. So that tells me one of two things. One, he just wants to stay in Houston and get his rehab done because guess what? He's not going to pitch next year. He could be a two-year guy. Or they've already talked to teams and they know he's going to get a good enough pick this year that he's likely not going to go to the University of Arkansas. Hmm. All right, continuing on with uh, some former Razorbacks and otherwise. I think there's some players from UCA and others, but let's talk about Dom Fletcher. I saw a catch <laughs> by Dom the other day on uh, Twitter, and, man, did he cover some ground. I always knew he could cover the ground, but that may have been – one of his better catches. Yeah, the the defense has always really been outstanding. He and Dom Dom is not the he's not a burner. He's not a uh, you know six two six three guy, but he takes really good angles. Really strong arm from the outfield. That was evident uh, anytime he was throwing runners out at second, third, home didn't matter. Uh, but the the bat has really come around. Fletcher always, always had power. It, you know, he hit multiple home runs, you know, every year he's at Arkansas. I think he might have nine one year. But he's hit 11 so far, but he's got 33 extra base hits, 16 doubles, seven triples. But the batting average is over 300. It's like the second half of 2018 where that was the year he started out really slow, uh, but he really came on there at the end. And I think he hit 340, 350 down the stretch and getting the Razorbacks uh, deep in the College World Series. Uh it's a lot of fun to watch him play right now. He's in AAA. 
I've talked to a few scouts, especially with the Diamondbacks organization. It wouldn't be surprising to see him get a late-season call up to the big club uh, and get some time with them. I'm wondering why they haven't called him up already. They're not exactly setting the National League West on fire, and the guy is having a terrific year. Why, why wait till September to call him up? Yeah, and if you got a guy, and especially in AAA, they're getting every day at bats. He's played 71 games. He's gotten over 230 at bats right now. They don't want to take that momentum away from him if he's just going to come up and fill in every now and then. If he can come up and play every day, fine, do it. But that's some of the reasoning that I've heard, but I'm with you, Rick. If you're not setting the National League on fire, you're out of the playoff, bring one of your guys up. Uh, maybe they just don't want to pay that, you know, the, the rookie and start his clock late. I don't know. Kind of the Chris Bryant deal back when he didn't get his one year of service so he could get to his second contract. But it'll be just a matter of time before there's uh, two Fletchers in the major leagues. Ricky, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. What's going on, fellas? Yo, Ricky. Good afternoon, Ricky. Hi, can you hear me? Yep. Yep. Yes, sir. Loud and clear. You're on. Well, you guys talked about Harry Jones, number 23, right? Yeah. Yes, we did. Correct. Dickie, Dickie Morton, is that right? He's 33. 33. 33? 33. I'm seeing 23. 33. No, he was number 33. Hamburg. Morton. Yeah. Hamburg, Arkansas, Dickie Morton, 33. No, Dickie Actually, Morton. No, 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 no. He was from Texas. Dickie Morton was. Yeah, but he lives in Hamburg. Oh, he does now. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, then I kind of, my call's a little bit... <laughs> Because I'm thinking, I thought you guys said 23. Well, you know who else wore 23? Besides Harry Jones. Oh, come on, Rick. you got to be kidding me. I'm just thinking. Uh, The greatest player to ever don a Razorback. Well, No, Marcus Elliott didn't wear. Marcus Elliott didn't wear 23. Uh, Let's see. Ron Matheny wore 23 when he started a cornerback in 1979 and 80. I really have to start thinking about this. 23, greatest player ever? Wait a minute. Greatest he was player. on the team with Barry Switzer. I'll, I'll give you a hint. Oh, wow. He was on the team with Barry Switzer. Lance Allworth? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, Lance Allworth wore 23. Yeah, he was actually, I guess he was a sophomore Switzer's. Was he a yeah, sophomore Switzer senior year? You're right. Yeah. yeah he was 19, 19 with the Chargers. Yeah, but he I mean, was, they he, still he was 23 make, at Arkansas. But, He's right. Panini still makes football cards to him that say Bambi to this day. How about that? <laughs> well, you're, you're right on that. You know one. who wore 17? 17's legendary. You know who wore 17? Brian Sorian. Who wore 17? Uh, he's, he's up in your neck of the woods, Ricky. Kevin, that was sneaky. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I heard him. You know, it won't be Zach, too hard to get. Zach. Clark. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you didn't remember that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, and I tell you, one of the things is that I want to ask, and I'll get off and let you guys talk, because I know Rick likes Need to hurry. talk. Need Why to hurry. did Dylan Leach leave the program? Dylan Leach. Gotcha. Okay. And and I'll hang up like and address that. Okay. Thank you for calling. Right. Pretty simple. Wanted to play. All right, Rick Schaefer. 
Our baseball insider, Kevin Bohan, and I'm Randy Rainwater. Again, Rick Schaefer joined by our baseball insider, Kevin Bohannon. And uh, the reason why I spoke a moment ago uh, about uh, others beside the University of Arkansas, Gavin Stone of UCA, uh, UCA, when you say that this is a hot pitcher in this particular organization, that means he must be pitching lights out. And that is in the Dodger organization. Gavin Stone of UCA is lighting it up. Man, and MLB.com recently profiled one pitcher from every organization that's on their hot list or their, the hottest right now. And Gavin Stone was the one from the Dodgers. <laughs> he's got a 1.34 ERA, 99 strikeouts. Yeah, he's 6-3, and three, but just think about what it takes to do that because minor league baseball right now, they're splitting – they're doing split games. So they, they like Lyle Lockhart will throw like four innings and that be it for him. So they're, they're chopping up and not letting guys go six, seven, eight innings. They're not doing that. They're making sure they develop their guys. I'm a fan of it because it doesn't tax the pitcher. But Gavin Stone has really been lighting it up lately. The fastball is up to 97, 98. He can hold that velocity and the stuff is there. So he is quickly rising the ranks. It's no surprise that the Dodgers took him in the fifth round in, in 2020. And I remember talking to Coach Nick Carlin that season that he was going to be a guy. He was a, a closer, then he was a starter. He can fill many roles, but he's doing a heck of a job as a starter right now in the Dodgers organization. I don't know if this young man was tearing up the Cardinal organization, but I've watched this young man since he's seven years old. And you knew he was destined for greatness, even at that young age, because he always had that electric arm. And I'm talking about Tink Hintz, by way of Watson Chapel, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, signed right out of high school. Uh, Tink is tearing it up. And the Cardinals are being smart about it, Randy and Rick. Uh, He's going out. he, He got some rehab starts last year. And I say rehab because they were like rehab starts. He had some shoulder labrum issues, uh, so they wanted to make sure they that he rehabbed it, didn't have to have surgery or anything like that. So they brought him along slowly. Now he's up to Class A, and in 23 innings, he's got a 5-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio. He has struck out 40 hitters and only walked eight. The fat, he, He's got four pitches. He can throw a two-seam, a four-seam. He's got a really, really good changeup that he's gotten a lot better. It's got a lot of good arm side fade and run uh, down at the end. And then the curveball is, is baffling hitter. So the, the little guy that was 5'6", 125 pounds when he was 15, you know, grew into the body, 6'1", 175. He's still, he's still a stick out there, but really proud of him. I got I had the privilege to coach Tink for a little bit, so really happy for him. And he, he's one of the top pitchers in, in that minor league system for the Cardinals, no doubt. The man with a few words, that is Tink Hintz. <laughs> Let's check in with Steve. Steve, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Hello, gentlemen. What's hey, up, buddy? Steve. Well, you know, guys, I get a kick out of Navy Mike. Yeah. All I can do is start laughing every time he opens his mouth. Good. I'm glad we provide some entertainment for you. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. They haven't even played a game, and he's already saying they're going 7-5. and five. 
and uh, they're going to lose the bowl game. But he never would say what bowl game we're going to lose in. Because, I, I mean, I was going to book my, my tickets, you know, since we're going to a bowl game. Yeah, Smart but man. it's going to be such a disappointing season. Gee. Hey, look. But, he, uh, he... you know, just okay. from what Trey has said about the team this year, and the intensity level that they're going, that uh, they're doing, that they're doing right now. I think they're they're expecting big things out of themselves, and if they don't perform to the uh, expectation level, they're going to be disappointed. No doubt, and they'll be more yeah. disappointed than anybody else. But the guys that do it, they they. They get the most out of it, and they also are the most disappointed when things don't go well. Of course. And and uh, where he got that, uh, Sam Pittman was uh, getting seven and a half million dollars. I'm I'm still trying because I remember uh, his contract's only five million. Uh, yeah. Is that with, not right? With incentives, yes. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, this team. I mean, since Coach Pittman has been with the football program, there's a confidence level that the team has now that uh, Chad Morris could never get out of him. He had the team divided. And so on. I'm Sam, not sure I Coach want you to Pittman keep mentioning Coach, Coach Pittman with Coach Morris in the same <laughs> sentence or breath. Well, you. Do you mind? Yeah. I'll give Coach Morris and his staff credit. I mean, the way they recruited. Yeah, they recruited some good players. You can't argue that. No, no, no we're not going to argue that. That's the only thing they did right. But they had to recruit coaching. a lot because they lost a lot. They kept turning them yeah. over. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, and, of course, you know, Arkansas, uh, uh, Hunter check didn't throw the kitchen sink at uh Bob Stoops to get him uh, to come coach Arkansas like uh, Navy Mike wanted uh, to happen. Because yeah. I don't think uh, they, uh, Hunter could uh, get the uh, kitchen sink out to give it to him. And I think Bob Stoops is still very happily retired. From exactly. Coaching He's coaching the football. USFL. Yeah, right. But that's not the same as coaching but, college uh, football. Right, right. But, Kevin, uh, what uh, players are kind of looking uh, like they're going to have high expectations uh, next year? And that's all I got, guys. By the way, Kevin, uh, a couple weeks ago we were asking if they'd have enough players to be on the team when they had five or six (laughs) that we knew of. And now we know they've got, what, 50 or 60 that are going to be on the roster? Yeah, they they stacked it up. You know, they got 96 A, B, and C team. Yeah, they got 47 infielders and seven outfielders. So, uh, yeah, I I really like to see the pickup of Jordan Sprinkle. Uh, He's a really good shortstop. I think he's going to get drafted. Just depends on. Where he gets drafted. He came into the season, if you think back to last December, January, they were looking at him as a first or second round pick. So he would be a really good replacement for Jalen Battles. Uh, Harold Cole, uh, I think he could make some noise. I think Jace Borfin is going to be that guy that really takes that next step. I'm not saying it's going to be a Benintendi-like step, but you could kind of see the similarities in their first year on campus and what they did and some of the intangibles that each of them have. So I think Jace will have a really, you know, has a potential. Uh, Kendall Diggs, just depending on what position he plays, if he can get in the lineup, Coach Van Horn really likes his swing. 
But the pitching staff, man, it's going to be loaded. Uh, I really like Cody Franks, that veteran leader comes over because it's going to be a really young staff next year, uh, considering they had a lot of freshmen that contributed. And he's still got some sophomores uh, like Jackson Wiggins that'll be a junior. So really looking forward to the pitching staff next year. That's going to be the strength of this team. It could be shades of 2010 to 2012 when you had Baxendale, Suggs, uh, Barrett Aston, those guys, Ryan Stanick, uh, some really good pitching staffs. It could be similar to that era. Kevin, I'm going to jam this one in real quick, or if you may wait until Friday, we can save it till then. But it uh, looks like Matt Cronin is yep. next up. In that uh, Nats organization, good, great. And I guess be. we do. Yep. He's having That's, great. Uh, yeah, he's having a great yeah. year. Good for Triple him. Triple A. Two well, hang, on. He, hang on to that, yeah. Kevin. Oh. Hang on to that. I'll, I'll mention it again on, on Friday. We're we're out of Sounds time. Good. All right, Kevin. That's Kevin Bohannon, our baseball insider. Red Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater.